The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Friday the 17th of January. In your Squiz today, welcome rainfall could come with consequences. The US and China make headway on a trade deal. Building resilience and Friday lights. This is your Squiz today. Heavy rain and even some flash flooding in parts of New South Wales, Queensland and Vic have brought a little bit of respite to bushfire and drought affected areas, which is wonderful news. But Claire, the wet weather and expected thunderstorms of this weekend bring their own set of problems. Yeah, they do. Don't get us wrong. Having rain is amazing. And there's been... (laughs) pictures all over the internet and the news of just how happy people are across Australia that they're getting uh, a few drops, particularly farmers who got a fair dose of heavy rain. So it's flowing into their dams. So absolutely incredible scenes. But as you say, there are a few issues just to raise in the context of all of that. Um, The first is that the fire grounds in Victoria didn't see much rain at all. uh, And in fact, authorities there are concerned that thunderstorms could ignite more fire. So there's a watch out there. Also, there's concern that ash from the fires on those fire grounds that will get some rain uh, will flow into water supplies and contaminate drinking water and rivers. And there's already been an example of that ash having a devastating effect on fish in uh, the mid-north coast of New South Wales. We're talking about a mass fish kill there, so that's sad to see. Uh, Also, farmers in drought areas uh, that don't have a lot of vegetation in their dry paddocks are really concerned that the heavy rain will wash away those valuable topsoils, so that's something to keep an eye on. If you're wanting to see those happy faces and kids playing in rain, there's definitely a few links in the email today to see that. While we're on weather, though, the World Meteorological Organization announced that 2019 was the second hottest year on Earth since records began, 2016 being the highest. The average global temperature last year was 1.1 degree above pre-industrial levels. So how does that sit within the context of the Paris Agreement? The commitment made by countries in the Paris Agreement was to aim to cap temperature increases to 1.5 to 2 degrees centigrade during this century. So the fact that we were at an average global temperature that was 1.1 degree centigrade above those pre-industrial levels is concerning. It echoes reports of last year. Uh, that were calling for drastic cuts to emissions uh, to meet that target. And given we're only a fifth of the way through the century, uh, there's certainly concern there about how we're tracking. The two-year-long trade war between China and the US could potentially be over with the signing of a partial trade deal yesterday. Some critics are sceptical of the vague terms, but President Trump has said it is a momentous step, one that has never before been taken with China. How has the deal played out? Where it's landed is in a phase one of the deal, there's going to be uh, China buying an extra $200 billion in American goods and doing things like protecting American intellectual property, which has been a really big issue in this saga. Uh, The United States will halve tariffs uh, on about $120 US billion worth of Chinese goods. So it's a first step. But what Australian producers are really looking out for is whether those new commitments impact the goods goods that we're exporting to those countries. So fingers crossed uh, our exporters do okay out of this. Yeah, so there are industries like dairy and meat as well as um, liquid natural gas and coal that could be impacted. But a second phase of those negotiations is set to begin in a few weeks' time, so plenty more to come. 
Over to Australian politics now, and Labor is calling for Agricultural Minister and Deputy Nationals Leader Bridget McKenzie to resign over her distribution of $100 million worth of sports grants. Bridget McKenzie was previously the sports minister prior to the election. The Australian National Audit Office put out a report on Wednesday saying that about half of the grants that were handed out ignored the recommendations from the government's agency, Sports Australia, about where those grants should go. And instead, the minister's office intervened and targeted seats that the coalition wanted to win in last year's election. Commentators have had a look at that report and they're quite surprised about the scale of that intervention in the modern era, particularly given all the probity rules. But Mackenzie, for her part, says that she did nothing wrong, her office did nothing wrong and calls for her scalper absolutely ridiculous, she says. Parliament is back in February, so probably not the last we'll hear of this one. Squizzers might remember Australian student Alex Sigley, who was detained in North Korea in June last year. He was living and studying in Pyongyang and detained for nine days on allegations of spying. He was pretty tight-lipped on his release, but he's since shed some light on his ordeal. He's written a piece and says that uh, he was kidnapped by the secret police, that the North Koreans believed that he was writing and sending information to what they call anti-state media outlets. He says that wasn't true. He wasn't spying or doing anything like that. Uh, He says, though, that he was forced to make a false confession, uh, which is interesting in the context of what have happened to other Westerners uh, who haven't really had the opportunity to get out of detention there and have come to really grisly ends. So uh, he was very lucky that Sweden were able to negotiate his Mm. release on Australia's behalf, given we don't have a diplomatic relationship with North Korea, and come home. Very lucky. Now, the Duke of Edinburgh Award is a youth development program that a lot of us are probably familiar with from school days. To get a Duke of Ed Award or D of E, I remember it being called as well, you have to learn things like a new skill, get outdoors, volunteer and so on. The program has done a recent study on young people in the UK and come up with a list of 25 resilience building tasks for teens, Claire. It's incredible, isn't it? These programs that have been around for a long time really do have to refresh in the era of the internet and screens. And so to look at the way they need to engage with them now and build their characters, as they say, uh, looking at a whole set of tasks, one of which I was quite interested in, um, trying veganism, being able to cook a vegan meal, which apparently is a skill in the modern era. So, yeah, there you go. It comes, of course, in the context that um, less than 50% uh, of kids in the UK anyway had a part-time job uh, and at least 44% of them had enough self-awareness to know that they weren't building enough experiences to build their confidence. The Australian Open kicks off on Monday. Claire, what's the path to victory looking like for our Aussie players? I know you're a bit excited about the Aussie Open, aren't you? I know. I love it. <laughs> a few late nights coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, it's a it's a good draw for Ash Barty by all accounts. She's going to have a fairly smooth run to the fourth round and even then uh, it should be okay for her. I think the definition of optimism, though, is uh, looking forward to a fourth round match between Nick Kyrgios and Rafael Nadal. Um, fingers crossed we see it. Would love to see it, but, um, yeah, he's going to have to find some consistency to get there. And those two always have um, a good matchup. Fingers crossed he gets that far. 
Each Friday, we include a couple of things that we liked from the internet through the week. We're still in January, so it's a good time for resolutions. I was telling you about this one during the week. It's an article on how to configure your iPhone to work for you, not against you. So it's a good one for those that want to be on their phone a little less. Yeah, and it's your recommendation that I had a look at it. I've implemented a few things. It is difficult um, at times to uh, put your phone down. We do it so mindlessly these days, but um, yeah. It's it certainly worked for me and I hope it's a habit that continues into the year. You've also included some good places to get uh, some royal podcast recommendations. It's a small topic that's in the news these days. Yeah, look, I'd love to read a bit more about the royals this weekend, but I've got a fair bit on. So I think a podcast might be better for me as I take the dog for a walk and do a few things like that. What's the subject line today? Subject line today, given the great rains, I've gone for a James Taylor favourite, which is I've seen fire and I've seen rain, which of course is what's happening in a lot of parts of Australia at the moment. You've nailed it. You've absolutely nailed it. How apt is that? spot on. That's it from us this week, a big week with the announcement of our Squiz Kids podcast. You can subscribe to that in your podcasting app or via the link in the episode notes. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll chat to you on Monday. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today.